My name is Xavier Zarr and I'm the CEO of Federation Square. Today, I'm joined by Arun Sharma, Chairman of Celebrate India. Welcome, Arun. Thank you very much, Xavier. It's a real pleasure being with you. It's been just over a year since we first met. Um, it was very early in my time here at Federation Square and the occasion was the Diwali Festival at Fed Square. I had passed Fed Square many times and, and, and on a few occasions seen the festival being conducted, but it had not prepared me for the vibrancy and the joy of this iconic event. In my mind, the institution that is Diwali at Fed Square is just so emblematic of much of what Fed Square should be and is um, a place of gathering and, and celebration of the things that make Melbourne what it is um, diverse, uh, accepting, welcoming, uh, vibrant, and global, um, and a place that brings us together. What has been the journey that has taken you to, brought you to this place? Oh, Xavier, it really goes back to when Federation Square first built. It was an iconic building in the city to start with. And at the same time, our thoughts were to take this Indian culture, which we were celebrating, by the way, from the time we arrived here on probably a smaller number of Indian community was in different suburbs. They were celebrating those little culture, the diversity of Indian culture in, in their own small cocoon in, in various suburbs. But we always felt um, that while we got such a rich richness of this diverse culture sitting there, which is thousands and thousands of years old, we're celebrating among ourselves, but our neighbors, our friends, they're totally unaware of it. And how do we create the better understanding? How do we uh, bring them in, invite them into this? And every time we did invite our friend, it was a fantastic experience. They loved it. Um, so from that, we, we always felt that, that the need is there to go and celebrate with the wider community and actually invite them in. So around 2005, Few of us got together and got very serious about uh, setting up this organization called Celebrate India uh, with the mission which we have uh, is to celebrate with the wider community. So, and at that time, my wife was working with SPS, uh, which, which had just moved in after the building was uh, built in the heart of the city. Uh, it was her suggestion that we visit that place and have a good look. And within the first year, we actually celebrated India Day. That was the first ever festival we did through another organization. It was open from all end, had absolutely zero idea, but we were shocked that uh, by the time the event uh, started, we had thousands and thousands of people pouring in Fed Square and, and they loved it. The response was magical. So where else would you go? You go to Federation Square to celebrate this Diwali in the heart of Melbourne. Um, that's where we started from, and the purpose was very straight. We wanted to share this culture uh, with the wider community and get them involved in it. Tell us, um, over over those over those years, how has the festival changed? Oh, in many folds, really, because <laughs> when we started it again, we, it was an unknown quantity. Uh, Diwali in the city was for the first time being celebrated. Um, we had to convince everybody, literally, like we had zero sponsorship. 
and and without sponsorship we couldn't last. So Federation Square were very kind at the time, and and they came, they understood the mission, and they supported us from the very early stage. That's why we really can't even dream of moving away from there. It's that kind of relationship we have. Uh, but to give you an idea that at that time when I had to go and a couple of my wife or my couple of other friends had to go and visit somebody and try to convince them to put some money into it. Uh, when the word came out, Diwali, they had no understanding. So we used to say it's a festival of light, which is very similar to Christmas, which actually it is. Uh, but the mission of Diwali uh, is uh, as a festival we chose uh, is pretty significant. It's very interesting and relevant. Um, so after a bit of convincing and showing photographs of how it's celebrated in India, what we want to do, uh, we start to get some interest. And first Lord Mayor of City of Melbourne actually came through and said, I'll support it. And gradually we had to build up that relationship and uh, other institutions, organizations, they start to join us. Um, from that time, and the first year we only had one day's festival, finish, about six hours program. Uh, just cultural program and few shops, few food, food thing we wanted to be in, uh, to include in the festival because a lot of Australian friends wanted to have. When we said about festival, we said we would love to see the Indian culinary exposed there, so we can go and eat something Indian. So we started with that, and now it's a five days long festival in Federation Square in the city of Melbourne, and as you might have seen last year, you remember. Uh, there's a bazaar there, this full riverside is full of Indian stalls uh, of, you know, for food and a variety of it as well. And the program is nine and a half hours non-stop program at Fred Square. Um, it's grown, I suppose, uh, to reflect the growth of the Indian community here in, in Melbourne and, and, and Victoria. And I'm curious on your, your perspective on how the Indian community has changed over those years and how that's reflected in the way the festival occurs? Well, the numbers obviously are vastly different. Um, as you can see, and uh, most of the community knows about that, the numbers have grown, especially since mid eighties. And a lot of international students have joined us. And they are coming in big numbers. They, they feel quite connected to Melbourne now. Um, so that's the first thing, uh, because when we started, the, the number of Indian community was way, way, like it was literally in a few thousands. That's it. So, but our purpose from the beginning was not only celebrating for Indian community, but wanted to get the uh, wider community involved. So our pleasure is always there when we when the number increases from that angle. Uh, like, for example, last year we had 21% uh, of our artists numbers were non-Indians, which is really exciting. And similarly, if you if you would have looked around different time of the day uh, at Fed Square uh, during the festival, then, you know, there was a good percentage of non-Indians present there and some of them are regular and they come and make even statements to us saying that, oh, last year you did that, what are you going to do this time? So that kind of interest, so that really excites us. There was one performance last year in particular, an example of what you just talked about. I was struck by it. It was a cross-cultural collaboration of, of Greek and Indian dancers. 
um, you know, almost the book ends, you know, um, 50s migration <laughs> and, and 90s and 2000 migration sort of coming together. Um, how important is cultural leadership um, in, in that it, it can empower diverse artists to challenge, I suppose, um, cultural practices as we understand them? So, I think it's very important because uh, when we talk about diversity and better understanding of cultures, it it's only starts not by just showing different uh, performances or different aspect of culture, uh, but actually getting the getting different artists, different communities to involve in it. It's the biggest challenge, and we have been experimenting on this for a few years now. And I must say that we're very successful and proud about that because it takes time because we have to go there and mix with them and, and get them to understand what I'm trying to say or what, what sort of culture we're talking about. So there's a bit of talking and sharing goes into that. But once they understand the concept, uh, they're equally excited and they join in, you know, to do whatever we, we because we, when we talk about collaborative items, we uh, do not believe in collaboration for the sake of it. We really want to believe collaboration in, in the roots where people actually understand what they're doing, plan it together, and come with a new item, which is totally different. So the item you're referring to the, with the Greek community, it actually was concepted together. We found the music together, which was very similar, and we joined them together because as we found out in history, the Indian music has, has been part of Greek culture for thousands of years and it's been going there. And similarly, their instruments have been part of Indian culture, uh, which we found there's a lot in common. So therefore, we picked a track which they could relate. The singers have sung in Greek and they were very popular Bollywood music, uh, Bollywood song in our community. So that, and that shocked them as well when we found those sort of, uh, items and obviously then according to that the uh, the artists had to do the similar sort of thing they had to learn the greek dance and perform with them and, and vice versa so that's that was a true collaboration and that's that's our theme that's what we want to do with many many more communities as well you you talk about you know the the ancient um you know inter uh, uh, crossing over and and an influence of, of different cultures um you talk you use the term indian culture it's an interesting term because you know that glib two words risks underplaying the diversity and the variation and the beautiful differences across so many regions and customs and people that comprise modern india uh, i think most australians and, and I, I include myself among them would struggle to understand the diversity that is one of india's greatest strengths um, and you span that through this celebrate india and and through diwali um what steps does celebrate india take to make sure that you have the full diversity in 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 what you offer for this festival we we are forever looking for challenges to start with and i think uh, as we want our people our audience to get excited about it we get surprised as well so like you said the diversity in india is amazing and, and fact is even indian community in true honesty do not know their full diversity. And we were surprised about that almost about six years ago when we found out a group called Siddhi uh, community, Siddhi community from Africa 
has been living in India for some 800 plus years. And they merge so beautifully uh, in, the, in the towns of, uh, you know, central India and uh, western India uh, that people, local people didn't even know that they existed. And the interesting part is that they have maintained their culture while living there for 800 years plus. At the same time, they adopted the new culture. And when we found this group and brought here, many, I can assure you that almost 99% people in Indian community did not know. They were not aware of that sort of thing. So that, that is the type of diversity when we, uh, we're talking about. Similarly here, trying to work with other community culture is a challenge and, and something we always uh, look for. Every year we try to bring a new community into our program. Like, for example, last year we brought Somalian community in, and mainly because they were getting the kind of press which no community would, you know, sort of uh, would, would be happy about. And they didn't have a platform in, in Victoria where they could show the other good side of it. So we just felt that this will be perfect. So it took a lot of uh, searching and working with them to find the right leaders, right groups. But in the end, it was worth it. So this is, these are the type of challenges which we try to take every year and, and bring different variety of communities in, in the program. So given your experiences and insights as an Australian of Indian origin, how can Fed Square or indeed other cultural institutions be more culturally diverse and inclusive? I think intention is a very big thing. If you have a genuine intention of uh, being diverse, uh, you'll be very open to it. You'll you need to spend time and time to understand them, time to experiment, and people allow people to learn something about you and and your your uh, organization, your uh, institution, which can take time. And in today's time, and everybody's running around, uh, everything has to be done yesterday. Type of attitude is there. Uh, it's very difficult, but I think it's it's the, it's the most important thing. If you're open to it, you allow people to learn and you also in the process learn something about them, things will happen. And it is not a short-term process. It has to be a long-term process. You you can get one person coming in from one community uh, in one year, but slowly, slowly, uh, if you persist, things happen and, and things work out very nicely. So my, my personal experience is just that you have to persevere and your intention had to be very open and, and available. Open and available. I think, um, you know, if we were to translate to Latin and make that the motto for um, Fed Square, perhaps that would, uh, you know, that would be appropriate. <laughs> uh, I don't speak Latin, so I couldn't, I couldn't do it myself. Arun, um, I want to go back a little bit. Um, you know, Melbourne, we, and I'm a Melbourne boy, born and bred, um, and a big and a big advocate. Um, Melbourne is such a diverse collection of communities. You've touched on that. Um, they're ethnic, and they're cultural, and they're sporting, and at times are geographical. There's a whole range of them that they're all they're all part of Melbourne. And um, I come from one of them. You know, I'm a I'm a son of a of non English speaking migrants. I grew up in the seventies, the eighties, into the nineties, um, and I suppose I've experienced. Um, moving from marginal to mainstream, you know? Um, and, and I think that path 
you know, which has made me so unexceptional now, is really one that's paved with the celebration of culture and diversity. So, you know, my family would describe themselves as Italian culturally and, you know, we know the story. Melbourne's embraced that. Um, it's been celebrated, unchallenged um, and valued. And now, of course, we're, we're where we're at. How would you describe your experience along that journey over the decades that you've you've been associated with Melbourne? It's a very good question. It takes me back to 70s, really. Uh, when I first arrived in uh, Perth, I never felt at home. And, and it's no offence to the city or anybody there, but I didn't feel at home. I was missing my home badly. And uh, jobs were different issue. But then as soon as I came to Melbourne, which, which was a big move for me, uh, at the time, because we were very few people here, the community was really, really small in Perth, uh, and I didn't know anybody. So coming to Melbourne alone was a big challenge. But one thing for sure, after I got off the station and uh, moved in with somebody I had contacted, were driven from station to that place, I felt at home straight away. I just something in my heart said that this is it, because there were potholes on the street. <laughs> where we were driven, and I said, that's it. And there were crowds, there were people everywhere, a uh, lot more than in Perth, so I said, this is it. I'll give you one very interesting story, Xavier, and that will explain to you my experience in the city, which has been amazingly positive. In those early, uh, I think it was within a few months of coming to Melbourne, I was working in Bandura. There was a, there was a, a group of hospitals there, and I found a job there, so I was living there, and it was a very remote area because it was a psychiatric hospital. And in, in those days, a psychiatric hospital had to be isolated away from the mainstream. So I had to find a way to get to the city to in, during the holidays. And I was left because nobody, none of my colleagues realized that I'm alone and I'm nobody here. And the Christmas holidays came, which I took, and the department got empty and there was nobody there to contact. And I was living alone in a hostel. So I was pretty bored and really getting depressed. Uh, so I thought, I'll go to city and went to city. Saw a lot of uh, people moving around, everybody minding their own business. Uh, I felt the inside hollowness was too big at the time. So I sat on a bench where I think Fed Square is now. Um, there, there was a garden and, and I was sitting on the side, roadside on a bench and I was lost. I think I was in India at that time with my family in my thoughts. And suddenly I felt a hand on my head. An old lady, an Australian lady, approached me, saw me sitting there alone, just put a hand on my head saying, God bless you. And even when I think about it, uh, it moves me. She didn't know me. And that, that was my experience. It moved me. It touched, really touched me. People were lovely, they were kind to each other, there was a lot of time they had. In fact, that's very similar to what we're experiencing, unfortunately, now in the COVID time. People started to slow down a bit. But that was really, going back to that, that was my experience here. And, and, and it stayed that way. People, whoever, wherever in my hospitals, my work situation, uh, in community area, wherever I contacted people, I, I felt the same and I continue to feel that openness, the positivity like we experience in India. You continue to miss your country, your home, but 
we felt at home. So I really don't miss that badly anymore. You know, listening to that story, I'm struck by a couple of things. And, and one of them, and I don't know if you've thought about it in this way, but that act of that woman to reach out to you, to give you a, a sense of welcome, um, is in fact what you do through Celebrate India because you reach out. Well, she gave it to me, really, tell you the truth. She gave me, she woke, she really awoke that in me because we feel that that was such a beautiful gesture and, and I really owe that. I always think of her, never have forgotten. I feel like there's something, minimum. this is the minimum we can do to other people. So you've created this platform, Celebrate India, um, and we, we know it's it's premier event, you know, the Diwali Festival. You've created this platform um, as a bridge um, to, 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 to span community differences, you know, to, to bring about a, a more harmonious society. What's next? I think there's an ongoing process, Zavia. It it's just doesn't end. Uh, we, we are not getting to the bottom of it. I mean, when we worked with Chinese community in Melbourne, uh, politically, it's uh, not a very positive thing to be seen in politics. But it worked, and we had quite a good relationship with them for so many years, and still do. Uh, we send artists from our community, and we always encourage them to work together. So that relationship continues. Same thing, Melbourne hosts so many, more than 100 communities here, and so challenges forever there for us to keep doing it. We try to reach um, children through a, one of our projects, which was essay competition. And the, again, purpose was to, to reach early to the youngsters uh, so that they learn and understand other culture. Therefore, the chances of bias is less. They grow up than knowing and accepting other culture. Arun, we're all familiar and very comfortable with, um, you know, the role of um, and recognition of, of Bollywood when we talk about celebrating Indian culture and, and community. But I know in, in recent times there's been a, a renewed and revived interest in traditional and folk forms of Indian cultural expression. Um, how will that be reflected at uh, Diwali this year? Oh, that's very interesting, Xavier, you asked this question because... Uh... In fact, the theme of this year is, is uh, to uh, showcase variety and the diversity of the folk and traditional dances of India. So you will be able to see a lot of uh, very traditional dances coming from various parts of India. Uh, in fact, as you mentioned, that Bollywood is well understood. The Bollywood is only one part of the diversity of Indian culture. And it's a very small part if you look at it. The richness has been amazing and immense uh, because of the history uh, of India. Uh, and and uh, with the evolution, a lot has changed, but few things have never changed. And those, those traditional and folk dances on, or music has remained a, uh, really like a centerpiece uh, for the cultural revolution which we're going through. So even the youngsters in our community here or, or back in back in India, they're fully connected to it. And there's so many festivals they celebrate throughout the year uh, where there's many chances to experience that. So we're trying to bring all that. We're also trying to, apart from appreciating that, we uh, only touching Bollywood 
through one item and only one item we're presenting which is a special tribute to a young artist uh, who whose life has been cut short and it's touched the middle level of uh, all indians right across india and not only india in fact the, those young people all over the world they're connected because this guy came from a very ordinary and humble background just like you and me who had a dream and he wanted to grow big and eventually in very short time he was getting very popular a successful artist worked very hard for it. so he was connecting with majority of indian the core people therefore we are doing a tribute to his life which was a shortcut the guy was uh, this artist was uh, very genuine connected to the uh, values to indian uh, indian culture he was uh, humanitarian he was an environmentalist so what we decided uh, that community is going ahead now and uh, raising funds to plant something like 150 trees uh, in the city uh, on his name just to to uh, um, in his in his tribute and we have agreed with the uh, Parks Victoria, which, and then they found uh, Verevi Gardens uh, as a site where all these trees will be planted by the community uh, to honor his life, and that is something which we're very proud. You of. should be proud. That's a uh, that's a fitting legacy um, for what began as a tragedy, um, but that your I suppose taking great pains and efforts to make sure has a, a positive. Um, impact going forward. That's what we're hoping for. I think that's what the community feels that, that, that there's so much to learn for a young person who was so connected with these things, while he could have been running around just worrying about his his own uh, movies and, and and his own life could have been totally different. But there was a gentleman who was uh, very family oriented, grounded, uh, respected his culture and other people's culture, and and wanted to care for and wanted to give the message uh, to everybody through his medium that we're supposed to look after this environment, we're supposed to look after our elders. So that's that's the only reason why the entire community here in Melbourne as well, so generously supporting and uh, literally within two last three days, we have raised this much money uh, and it hasn't ended yet. So we don't know what the final figures will be. Uh, we're very excited and very proud of them how they're coming forward and supporting it. So let's let's talk about um, Diwali this year. You know, um, here at Fed Square, we're pivoting to virtual because we have to. Um, it's too important not to continue celebrating and recognising what brings us together, but we have to do it safely. This month, um, uh, well, at the at the end of this month, we begin a a full month program of multicultural events, and right in the middle of that is um, the, the virtual Diwali on the seventh of November, um, and then we we also have a number of other um, activations, uh, Bollywood, I think, um, and virtual uh, classes, dance classes. I can't wait uh, for that. Um, my kids will be laughing, I think, at me anyway, but. COVID-19, you know, what, what has made us pivot in this way? Um, it's disrupted absolutely everything. Um, 
What are your plans um, in adapting to COVID-19 for, for Diwali this year? Um, our plans obviously has changed. Like you said, it's changed everything, the entire life. Uh, and not only in Australia or Melbourne, but uh, right across the globe, everybody's affected. Um, so but our attitude is, is different, uh, which I think uh, we always believe there's a silver lining in every dark cloud. Uh, we need to find some positivity in life all the time. I think we also feel responsible that COVID-19 is, is becoming a, not only is this affecting lifestyle, it's, it's, it's playing a big role in mental health of our, our communities, uh, lack of jobs and hearing all the bad news constantly. So I really, in our team, we feel responsible to bring some positivity, some sort of activity so they don't feel isolated, even though we're not allowed to go and meet. Um, so with that in mind, we, we were looking for new options all the time. So we started some pre-Diwali uh, initiatives, which were, which were actually on our Facebook. And we just offered uh, a COVID-19 art gallery platform. So people could draw whatever they want to sketch and craft work, whatever they can do uh, as a new project and, and share with the community. So therefore other people can get an idea, get encouraged as well. And I'm absolutely excited to tell you this, that, that the results been enormous. Absolutely amazing entry. Number of entries came to us. And a lot of entries came from younger ones, which was fantastic. And currently we're doing uh, Sing for Diwali, uh, another platform where a competition now this time, uh, where people are encouraged to sing. Uh, and this is Australia-wide. It's going pretty well. It's about to finish, and we got uh, almost uh, forty plus entries at this stage. So that that, and then we're planning another one, which is going to be uh, very exciting and important for us because light plays a very big role, not only Diwali but in everybody's life. Light is a symbol of hope and optimism. So what we're doing is we're asking people to celebrate uh, uh, Diwali with illuminating their homes and businesses, so light uh, for Diwali. But this time from last year, we uh, added another uh, twist to it, which is light for Diwali until Christmas. So the people from Indian community can actually, after uh, illuminating uh, for Diwali, they can actually go and celebrate for Christmas and do the same thing, illuminate again. Uh, and similarly, we're inviting non-Indian community to come and join so a bit of cross-cultural uh, reach we're hoping for. And in between, on 7th of November, of course, the virtual Diwali, uh, where about three hours of uh, shortened program, which we're preparing, which has got enough challenges for us as people can't get together, uh, but still we're looking for a variety. So rather than looking at the limits and focusing on only Melbourne artists, we opened up a horizon and we inviting and we have invited artists from all over the world. So we have seven to eight groups coming, participating from India. Uh, we've got groups uh, coming from Sydney, uh, New Zealand, and I'm in negotiation with one group in the US. Uh, so we're opening up for anybody to come share their, 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 and present the variety and diversity of Indian culture. 
for everyone? Uh, it's been an inspiration because um, rather than be deterred by, by COVID-19, you've, you've found a way to keep your communities, our communities connected, you know, informed, culturally nourished. Um, actually, from your description, it sounds like you'll be more global um, this year than you would have otherwise been. I think so. We are, um, and we're very excited because the the artists coming from India for the first time they used to come here physically and perform, but we could only manage to get one or two groups uh, because of the financial restraints and and uh, and other other constraints we had uh, because we we are not for profit organization as I mentioned to you before. But this way, there's no limits. They can perform anywhere in the world. There's no airfare cost, nothing. So. And they're equally excited because they're not getting enough platforms there. So, and they, once they find out what we're doing here, uh, they're equally excited. So we've got now this time Diwali from Federation Square will be streamed also all in all those parts of the world uh, with their items in it. So they're quite excited about it. And so I'll Arun, I want to thank you for your time today. You've been very generous. It's it's a pleasure, and you know so much. So much ground covered and there was more we could talk about and and, and i think we should revisit this um a little later and on another occasion but um today thank you very very much and i look forward to the virtual diwali uh in november thank you very much for your time uh, Xavier. i really appreciate that but i want to add one thing here if you don't mind uh, i want to add probably a message to the government that Federation Square is a wonderful platform. It's a very good venue. It's in the heart of the city. It connects everyone. Uh, challenging at times because of all the restrictions you have to have. And I suppose we understand that because we've been working with you for uh, from the beginning when, when you first opened. Uh, so we understand and we accept that nicely. But I feel that the government really needs to take that as part of the agenda there to support it totally. This venue should not become a commercial venue. It's a platform where communities should be able to express. And communities are usually poor. They need financial support to survive and do it. But that is the only way we can celebrate the diversity in Melbourne and Victoria. So therefore, I, I really feel that uh, the financial part should be taken care of by the governments as much as possible because uh, it, it's a platform which allows everybody to come and showcase their culture and invite other people so if that is that important for our diversity for our city uh, then you shouldn't be trying to find a scratching dollars here and there uh, that, that just to me doesn't make sense um, and one thing you didn't ask me to say that so i must clarify this i'm saying that from what i feel uh, what should be. Uh, Arun, um, i i really do appreciate that and um uh, for two reasons one is I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it is a place of gathering and inclusion and participation, and it's my job to make sure that that's not blocked or impeded, you know, by the matters, the worldly matters, you know. Um, it's to make it happen, and, and that's my commitment to you. Um, and, and as for support, um, I, I feel I'm getting a lot of support, um, you know, from the Victorian government, um, and... Uh, you know, um, I think the position of Fed Square is sound in that um, it has been recently recognised through the review conclusion uh, about the centrality of its civic and cultural role. Um, and, and with that foundation, you know, we'll build up 
to what I think is something that you and I both agree um, is our objective, which is that 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 good things can happen and do happen at Fitzgerald. Arun, thank you very much. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate the time. New episodes of Anything But Square are released every Wednesday, and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to our newsletter at fedsquare.com. Take care, and we'll see you next Wednesday.